0: But I was a version doing this, keep in mind, super awkward, low confidence. You got no game, bro. Probably
1: not, man. Are you more attracted to white girls? A white girl who only dates black men? Bro. Oh, bro. It's not that big of a deal. Like, why are you getting upset about it? I wasn't expecting you to be like this. How has the game changed for you as you've gotten clout, money? They will only match you and pair you with the most
0: attractive woman on the app. So I don't even see, like, fives and fours. What made you choose
1: her, right? Because you do have options
0: a masculine behavior a woman who might have only fans or nothing but ass pictures i'm in bro i'm in before you go would you like for me to make you your breakfast i know you like four eggs in the morning and a smoothie i'd be okay going back to living broke man
1: (laughs) bro (laughs) (laughs) all right austin Dunham. what's up man welcome bro i keep telling people welcome when i'm like your your home state right so welcome to the podcast i guess welcome me to miami it's funny because we met in venice right
0: Yeah, LA, man, Gold's Gym.
1: Was that 2019?
0: That was 2019, yep.
1: That was like a few months before the pandemic hit, right? I believe.
0: Yep, it sure was. It was that summer, I believe. Yeah, Yeah, I was there with
1: Dave, my buddy, who I think you know Dave now. Mm Mm-hmm. And... We were out in like that outdoor area, and are you were doing some crazy ass like handstand push-ups?
0: Yeah, and I was like, wait a minute, I've seen that guy from YouTube before. Let me say, what's up?
1: And I, I, I saw you from YouTube before as well. Yeah, and uh, that was the that was the beginning. Then we met here maybe like two years ago, right? That was probably twenty twenty one ish into twenty twenty one. That's when I came to Fresh and Fit. We hung out a little bit. We hopped on Fresh Fruit Together, actually, a little bit with that, this, the after hours. Yeah, the
0: spontaneous after hours, yeah. yeah
1: I'm always tired of those, man. It's funny, because I did that show yesterday. I got so much hate in the comments for being like tired, but I'm the type of guy who Okay, jet lag aside, because also, Spain's six hours ahead. So by the time that show started, you know I've only been away from Spain the last four days, so I'm not fully acclimated. And in Spain, it would have been like 8 a.m. by the time they started the show, yeah. and I'm already kind of a, a little bit of a bitch, if I'm being honest. Like yeah. I'm, a, <laughs> I'm, always, I'm always the friend who be like, bro, why are, you, why are you going home already?
0: Mm-hmm. But, um, hey, you stuck it through, man. I those were long shows, so I would be tired too, honestly.
1: Yeah, people don't realize, I don't think, like, how tiring podcasting is because you have to be like locked into the conversation. Yeah, facts. Yeah, if you just it's not like you can sit there, like, mumble a little bit. Maybe I did that last night, but
0: (laughs) (laughs) you actively have to be thinking, use your brain, you know. Yeah, it is pretty difficult over a long period of time.
1: Yes, and you know, when you're on those Fresh freshman shows and there's a bunch of girls, you have to like almost fight to speak. Mm-hmm. The path of least resistance isn't that they're going to be like, okay, now, awesome. What do you think about this?
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah that's why a, a lot of the times I've been on there, I just kind of like sit back and just chill, because I'm naturally not like a, a really opinionated, talkative sort of person. I'm mm-hmm. I've always been like the more sit, sit back, chill guy. Mm-hmm. So naturally, in those environments, I tend to resort back to that, and I gotta remember to tell, literally tell myself to be more active and engaged.
1: It's funny, man. I think there's a lot of parallels between us, and like the more I get to know you, the more I see them. We can get some some of them in terms of our content, but I didn't know that you were like more of a quiet guy because you come off as very confident, mm-hmm. and I'm someone who's always been really quiet. And when I was younger, I think that made me a bit like ashamed and feel really insecure. And a lot of my journey wasn't necessarily becoming more talkative; it was almost becoming this comfortable not having to talk a lot.
0: Yeah, I think as I've grown older, I've grown more into being okay with the fact that I don't always have to say something. I remember when I was younger being in groups, I always feel like I have to say something because it was almost frowned upon to being the quote unquote quiet guy. I'm sure people have asked you, oh, why are you so quiet? Or like, you know, questions like that. Yep. Whereas it's, it's looked down upon, but over time I realized, and when I actually listen to conversations, people really aren't talking about anything, man. Like these conversations are really like stupid (laughs) for the most part. And so maybe that's just my high intellect, high social IQ, which I believe plays a part into it. Mm -hmm. The fact that I am very socially aware in regards to the things I say. And so I think a lot of reserved guys and quiet guys, Outside of the genuinely just having nothing to say is that it's a fear of judgment of if you do say something, how will other people perceive it? So I think over time, as my confidence and maturity has grown, I just stopped caring because I realized most conversations aren't really high IQ anyway, according to the group that you're in. And so just speaking your mind, saying whatever when the time comes, if anything is in there in the first place, then it really isn't that big of a deal. But yeah, I would say overall, I, I, I... I am confident in my social abilities now. And that's not a big deal to me like it used to be back when I was younger.
1: And how has that affected your dating life? Because for me, I thought that was a reason I would never be successful with my dating life. Back in the day when I was getting no chicks, right? I thought like, I'm going to have to have this like loud. This is back in the day of like the mystery method, like the old school pickup artists were like, basically what they were preaching was like, you have to like put on like, uh, like a show almost for the women you're talking to, right? You're almost like a little like circus clown, like you have to like entertain them. Mm-hmm. I was like, bro, there's no way I can do this like ever. Like I'm screwed. And for me, I think I eventually adapted my game. But I'm I'm curious for you, how how did you have to adapt your game to your more like quiet nature?
0: Yeah. So. With my game, I, I remember back when I was younger, I was studying the mystery method and the PUA, but I was a version doing this, keep in mind. Like so I,
1: I, I was as well, bro, <laughs> I was as well.
0: I was super inexperienced, still learning all these tactics and stuff and confidence and dancing monkey sort of thing. And I just never fit with my personality and vibe. So I think as time progressed with the social media age and with dating apps becoming more and more popular, that's just something I naturally gravitated towards and was naturally good at because I was doing content already. So I learned from there how to take good pictures and really present myself online. And that's where my whole dating strategy where I've seen the most success from came from that came from more of an online digital presence more so than approaching five girls and entertaining all girls and doing all I've never been into stuff like that. I've met girls in person keeping like cold approach all the above. But More so the digital way. And that's where my position of leverage is at. Because in dating, I believe a lot of things are really about leverage. You got to find your leverage.
1: You got no game, bro. Okay, Okay.
0: (laughs) Game is different for everybody. Some guys say, oh, he just relies on his looks. But looks is game. It's it's an aspect of leverage. So I'm leveraging my looks as a part of my game. Game equals a game plan, a strategy to get the results or outcome that you want. And that's just a part of my game.
1: Yeah, obviously I'm giving you shit because yeah. when I've uploaded my uh like approach videos in the past, and that's what a lot of my like early content that caught on was. I was I was never the guy like making the girl like laugh out loud in the first ten seconds of the approach and like spinning her around or some shit, right? And I always got a lot of hate from uh like PUA's. They're like, ah, like breaking down my footage. There's a lot of guys who've broken down my footage be like, This guy's he didn't push pull her, he didn't neg her. Mm-hmm. And uh what I realized was the most important thing is just like taking the shot, right? You can have like a kind of quiet interaction with the girl. Doesn't mean you're insecure. Maybe you're, a lot of for me was maybe cutting out like awkward mannerisms when I wasn't talking, just being comfortable kind of like mm-hmm. you're doing right now. It's kind of like looking at the girl, taking what she's saying. And I found what I would call it kind of like a silent killer game where I could sit there, be kind of quiet, still have confident mannerisms. When I did speak to the girl, be okay, maybe challenging her, um, you know, allowing her to talk. But just by like taking the shot at the end, hey, do you want to hang out sometime? hanging yeah. out hey you're gonna come back to my place it's like wait these just taking just saying these things is taking these steps like is actually getting results even though i'm not like i don't know you know there's a wild yeah. pickup guy Yeah,
0: it's, and, and that's your game plan that's where you find what works best for you is just simply taking the shot whether it be in a more reserved approach or a more super confident outgoing approach the the point in the middle is the fact that both people took the shot that's even how back in my unconfident days how i met my first long-term girlfriend was at a party. I remember I've seen her around campus like multiple times and she, her archetype was like Pocahontas. She had long black hair, like this Filipino girl, very attractive. I will always see her walking around. I remember one day at a party, it it was leaving at the end of the year. I just decided just randomly to approach her. I didn't think about it. I just act instinctively. And then from there, I'm pretty sure the interaction was super awkward, low confidence, (laughs) but the point is, as we said before, I just took the shot. And then from there, that led to us connecting um, a few days later because I got her Facebook. I, I was too scared to ask for a number, I believe. I got her Facebook, and then we started messaging. And then she came back that summer. I was back in town. We hung out more, and that turned into a relationship, bro. All for me taking a shot, And yeah. even in an unconfident way.
1: Yeah, and doing a lot of unideal things, right? I think that's mm-hmm. something why you also real, realize. If a girl's attracted to you, you can do kind of like stupid things or like things that seem like. Weird, but maybe it comes off as like cute or innocent to her, as long as you actually take the shot, because if you don't take yeah. the shot, then the friend zone is usually what happens, you yeah know? that's true, so it's- something I get a lot when I meet someone in person who's seen my content, and maybe this is like I don't know, my girlfriend's or my wife now, like her friend or something. uh I get a lot like, oh man, he's like so quiet in person, like when I watch your videos, it's almost like you're a whole different person. Do people say that stuff to you? um, I've never gotten that, no
0: because. I, I've never been in a position, uh position to have that happen. So for example, a girl I'm seeing her friends, they don't watch my videos. I don't mm. talk about my YouTube channel, man. Mm. That's, that's a secret. For the most part, any girl I meet or seeing, um, that's not for that long of a period. All they think is that I have an Instagram account. They have no idea about my YouTube channel. So mm. I keep that kind of portion of my
1: life and all that stuff pretty private with and even if you meet people from back in the day who knew you before youtube they don't they don't make that comparison like oh you seem a lot different in the youtube video
0: um no i maybe they have thought that but it's never been outwardly directed or spoken to me no Mm -mm. i think because just my content style we probably have a bit different content style in that regard whereas a majority of my content i'm really just giving information I might show like different personality stuff about myself, but for the most part, I'm just giving information. So it's always in a cool, calm, collected way, regardless. You know, mm. so yeah, I never gotten that. Uh-uh. Interesting. So yeah.
1: Sometimes I'll people say like, oh, you're like you're not that, you know, talkative. I'm like, mm. yeah, but if I filmed a YouTube video without talking, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be much of a <laughs> exactly. video. Exactly. You know? Yeah, but I, I think on the other hand, what I get is that people.
0: Expect me to be a certain way, mm-hmm. and then when they figure out that I'm not, they're pretty shocked. Mm-hmm. And almost unbe- shocked in a positive way, though. I, I with um, girls especially, because let's say I go out on a date. Just from looking at my Instagram, maybe some of my content, they may think I'm this like super extroverted, outgoing, arrogant guy, and then I'm sitting there like pretty chill, having a nice conversation, being intellectual. Talking. I
1: think that type of game is more effective, man, to yeah. be honest. And it's easier. It's way easier, right? Mm-hmm. The girl's talking most of the time, and I'm kind of just yeah. observing, and All right, maybe I'll ask you this yeah. next or ask you this next. Yeah. One it's, thing I always get is
0: I wasn't expecting you to be like this. Yeah. Every from, from single girls. time. Yes. Every single time.
1: Well, I guess they see your Instagram. You, I mean, you have very like masculine features the way you've styled yourself. Mm-hmm. You're jacked. you obviously confident. And maybe they, yeah, they're expecting you're going to be the. The clown PUA or exactly. Not the clown PUA You know what I mean Like more maybe It's more intense Yeah more intense uh, More
0: so arrogance You know They really think I guess Just the way I look It looks like I would talk about myself a lot The way I present myself My body Fitness This that And so when I actually don't They're pretty shocked by it But that That could be a part Of the game plan too man Yeah
1: Yeah, yeah. you're almost like Throwing them off Throwing them off A yeah. little bit right Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. You know So game how, is game <laughs> Game is game Game is game how has the game changed for you as you've gotten clout through social media, money that's came with that? You've obviously, if you look at uh, Austin a video from five, six years ago, you've optimized your looks in terms of your haircut, your facial hair as well. Mm-hmm. Like you've done some looks maxing as well. How has all of this combination changed from going from maybe with someone who would consider an average dude to like a high level dude? Yeah. The biggest thing I've noticed is just the
0: access has gone a bit easier. Mm-hmm. So for example... In 2017, 2018, if I'm on Tinder, which it wasn't that popular then, but if I was to get on, like I would be matched with and go go out with women I really wasn't so excited about, you know, whereas nowadays, I have more women just coming to me naturally. So what's an example of some a girl coming to you? Check my DMs. Hey, hey, Hans. <laughs> hey, where you, are you in Miami? Hey, where do you live? Hard eyes, hard eyes, you know, stuff so like that. usually from the DM. Yeah, DMs and also dating apps too. I've done experiments showing my dating app results and the difference between using old pictures versus now and through optimizing my look, through optimizing myself as a person, through status, all that stuff too. It's just the access and the quality of women I get is just, it's just risen. And it's less of a pulling teeth more so thing. And I can find girls who are- You set up the date, they show up. Genuinely interested in me, high interest, there are, of course there are girls who are low and medium medium interest, mm. but I have so many girls who are high interest to where I don't even see the girls who liked on me or whatever else, you know.
1: Yeah, and I, how is dating it like a Tinder, Bumble, Hinge? How because the last time that I was single, this was back twenty sixteen twenty seventeen before I developed myself a lot, I would assume that like. How many like really like attractive girls do you actually meet on those apps? Cause so I'd imagine to be more through Instagram and the girls who are mm-hmm. super attractive and have, and have a lot of options. Maybe they're not spending that much time on, yeah. on on the dating apps.
0: It really depends on what city you're in too. That plays a huge factor in regards to quality of women. So if you're like in uh, Oklahoma. It's hard gonna. It's gonna be hard to come across more attractive woman versus you living in Miami. And then right? here they're on the dating apps as well, just because there's so many of them. Exactly. So from from my experience, I've definitely m- met the most attractive woman from Instagram. Mm. If I had to think about the most attractive woman that I've been with, but on dating apps, I would say more so not Tinder but Hinge. Man, Hinge's algorithm is like very prime. And yeah. so, if you got good pictures and you're getting good results, meaning a lot of women are swiping on you, they will only match you and pair you with the most attractive woman on the app. So I don't even see like fives and fours, and
1: so it's a little bit less like uh, filtering and digging than Tinder, for example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, t- Tinder,
0: in regards to quality, is like it is hit or miss, you
1: know. Yeah, I've seen that. Granted, outside the states, I think. From my experience, like when I was living in Spain, uh being single, and that may have changed again. That's still six years ago, but like there wasn't enough volume to use like a Bumble or a Hinge. Everyone, the people that were on there were, were on Tinder. So mm-hmm. nowadays, everybody's on
0: a Tinder, Hinge, Bumble, but Hinge is gaining a lot of popularity, especially with attractive women. Some attractive woman will say, "I'm not on Tinder, but yeah. I'm on Hinge."
1: Okay, you know, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. that vibe. Yeah, yeah, I got that. Now, what does your day look look like now? Right, I know you've. You've obviously been on a lot of dates, just you know, hearing some of these uh, references. Mm-hmm. You have options. What, what's your day in life look like? Day in the life? Dating life.
0: Oh, dating life. So nowadays, I've definitely slowed down. I've chilled out. Uh, that just comes naturally with being more busy with business and having different priorities in my life. I feel like dating is like a skill acquisition. And so when I was in the process of my skill acquisition, I was doing it the most. However, once I've got that skill acquisition, I am confident to say now I can literally go out on a date every single day if I wanted to. I don't want to do that. I, I'm, it's a lot of time, man. I, yeah, I'm so tired, man. <laughs> and so nowadays, I, I mostly only see um, one girl over the past two years now. And so she's she's been kind of my main girl, so to speak, you know? So it's, it's pretty chill nowadays, but I, you know...
1: What made you choose her, right? Because you do have options.
0: Yeah. So in, in regards to her... Once you date enough women, the benefit of that is that you come across, you're able to actually see the green flags and the red flags in women pretty quickly. And so through dating, let's say 20 women, 18 of them are going to be bad. The other one's going to be kind of okay. And then there's one that's going to be really amazing. you really talking about th-
1: like 20 first dates. 20 girls in general. It could be first dates. But just but these are 20 girls that like, because you take 20 girls off the street, man, it's going to be different than like a man with options having like said, I'm going to give these 20 girls a chance. There's going to be a higher tier of girls. So is this like of the girls you've pre-selected 20 of them? Yes. Of the girls i pre-selected. So 20 attractive th- girls.
0: Yeah. High interest in me, attractive, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Most women are, from my experience and dating experience, are not wifey. Material. What's,
1: in, I mean, I know a lot of, I rattle off a lot of red flags, but what are the main ones that that the, for the, that immediately disqualify those 18? Like top, oh, disqualify
0: top uh, masculine behavior, uh, I can catch up on promiscuous signs mm-hmm. in in a woman pretty quickly, just how she speaks, her Instagram. I've have, I've have, like attractive women who are into me, high interest, but I look at their Instagram and it's like nothing but ass pictures. You're immediately disqualified, you know.
1: Just don't take them seriously. Yeah,
0: like really validation seeking sort of woman, a uh, woman who might have OnlyFans or do any sort of sex work, uh, woman with
1: just really. I don't want to say daddy issues. That sounds horrible, but with daddy issues, man, you can tell they're carrying some trauma that's yeah. like n- impacting their their mental their mental health.
0: Yeah, the the worldview is like just really off, or may, they may be some feminist feminist characteristics about themselves, like stuff and like those that. those
1: Tend to be probably the more masculine behaving girls as well, right? Exactly. And that that'll get eighteen out of twenty. You think mm-hmm. that, that's like the majority of women? So that's like ninety yeah. percent. That at least I attract. That's ninety <laughs> <laughs> yeah, percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Some like. According to who you are as a person and your archetype as a person, you attract different types of women. With me, being a black man, tattoos, you know, the, my, my
1: look that I've given for myself, I've noticed that I attract certain types of women. Okay, you it's, have a bit more aggressive look and maybe that attracts some women who are a little more masculine for one reason or another. Or tend to have- Hoes.
0: Yeah, tend to have fetishes towards black men. Ah. I attract a lot of women like that. And that's a so, turn off for you? Yeah. Like if I if you're yeah. like for example, like a white girl who only dates black men.
1: Yeah. And like you know, that's, that's like something a bit odd about that, maybe. Yeah, yeah like yeah, yeah. that comes
0: off more as like a, a fetish for me. So stuff like that I have to navigate through as a as a black man, the dating scene okay, that okay. other people probably don't realize or would relate to. Are you more attracted to white girls? <sighs> Physically, I would say I'm more attracted to Hispanic and White girls, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And it's not because I, I don't like black women. Because mm-hmm. I've been mm-hmm. with black women. I've dated black women. Mm-hmm. I have two sisters, black mom, obviously. So yeah. I've been around black women my whole life. Yeah. But I like who likes me. That's a part of my dating strategy. Okay. And I, what I've realized through my dating strategy is that Hispanic and white women love me. Well, that, I, yeah. I check my DMs. I check my matches. <laughs> white, Hispanic, mix. It's weird that I come across... An actually attractive black woman who's not overweight, who doesn't exude masculine characteristics. And it's just overall less volume, you know, because that is a minority black woman. It's rare that I actually really come across one who actually hits
1: all that too. It's super rare. Okay, so 20 girls, 18 roughly, 90%, nobody else 9 out of 10, have some red flag where maybe you're just going to keep it strictly casual or maybe you're not even interested in that because it's not pleasant to hang out with them or there's just like... They're fighting you to be like the the masculine energy and the dynamic. It's like I'm not interested in that. Mm -hmm. Now, this remaining one or two girls, what? Because they've they've essentially not maybe proven themselves. They've just not. They've had a lack of the 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 negative red flags, right? Mm -hmm. So, what did the girl who's your main chick now have that made it? Not only does she have like a lack of negative things, but like I want to keep her around for a couple years, man. Yeah,
0: I think it comes back down to given value she just gives so much value to me man like where i don't have to ask for it what's an example like early on in the dating stage might stay tonight or whatever i got a call in the morning um instead of let's say the rest of the girls leaving or you know bye whatever before you go would you like for me to make you your breakfast i know you like four eggs in the morning and a smoothie let me do that for you here at the ingredients without me having to ask. That's mm-hmm. value to me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have to ask for it. That's super special and rare to me. And then also other qualities like personality characteristics, like being really reciprocating, caring, nurturing, just very soft and feminine, having like a, a delicate nature towards her, like stuff like that, having a good family, family oriented, having father in her life, long period of time,
1: having a good relationship with her father, good values, morals. I think that's one of the biggest ones. If uh, And unfortunately, people can't choose this, but if a girl has, their, her parents have a healthy relationship, it's already been like ingrained in her from, from a young age. And unfortunately, in our society, most people don't have healthy parents. So again, it's not that person's fault, but I think that's almost the biggest indicator that they have the right maybe outlook towards relationships.
0: Mm-hmm. It, yeah, I've noticed women who don't have a good relationship with their fathers or parents in general tend to have just a naturally more negative outlook or even towards men sometimes like they tend to respect men less not all of them but based on my experiences that has been the case
1: i don't know if i blame them because maybe they've been kind of had to fend for themselves for for most of their life and mm-hmm. it's just like in order to survive and maybe i don't mean literally but in order to like you know operate a day-to-day basis, maybe they've had to be more independent right and that maybe that makes them a little bit less quality of a dating option but
0: yeah yeah. And you're just not the girl for me. Yeah. Some, some some other guy would be totally okay with that. But just for me and where I'm at in my life with everything I built for myself, I want a girl who just already gets it. And so girl number 20, she just already got it, man.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, nice. Yeah. I will say that I've experienced, if a girl has a few of these tendencies, obviously she's got all these tendencies, like whatever, so watch, not worth your time. But maybe she says like one or two of these things, I've experienced setting a boundary, putting it in a place, that sometimes the girl will do a 180. She's just maybe she's used to with guys. She has to kind of, she's not used to having guys who can take make the decisions and kind of lead the way Mm -hmm. forward. So she's like maybe fighting you a little bit on things in the beginning. You're like, no, like I I got us. Like You you don't need to do that. And then they can relax a little bit more into like your masculine energy.
0: I I don't believe there's a perfect 10 out of 10 girl in regards to characteristics. They can have mostly positive, Mm -hmm. but even to some degree, you still got to, sounds horrible but like kind of train well you you could
1: say you got to train (laughs) them you you could also kind of say maybe it it sounds better like you have to kind of like create the relationship that you want it's on us as men though we can't take the path of least resistance or hope that she draws the boundaries and she gets in line it has Mm -hmm. to be like like i'm i'm married now right i've had my girl for six years and it's almost like it's like this ball of clay and like from time to time, you have to maybe form it a little bit into something a bit different, and that takes mm-hmm. a conscious effort. A lot of times, setting boundaries with girls in the short term um, backfires, right? Mm-hmm. Like even something with my with my uh, wife recently. Uh, it came up because it's like like some like dirty dishes in the sink. And this is like not that recently, but right, it was like dirty dishes in the sink. So like, I was like, "Oh, can you can you clean those up?" Film. And we filming? it. She's like, "Well, like you know, the house works. So it should be fifty 50 And I'm like, "All right, let's let's like." Not, let's not get upset about it. You know, let's sit down. Let's mm-hmm. talk about this. Um, obviously, when it comes to like, the business and things, like, you're super helpful. We might, probably wouldn't be here without you. But on a day-to-day basis, let's talk about like, where, the, where the time is being spent, where the responsibilities are. So like, you know, maybe in the past, earlier on, we were both working jobs, we we're both grinding. That made sense. But that's not really necessarily what makes sense going forward. Right? Like, I'm going to need you to step up a little bit in, in, this, uh, in this spot. Mm-hmm. And then you craft it a little bit.
0: Yeah. But what if you're in a situation where a girl didn't want to fall in line with
1: those boundaries? Well, that's that's the test, right? Setting boundaries is inevitable and it could be as simple as a girl being on her phone on the first date, right? It mm-hmm. could be maybe a relationship example like I just gave. I think the test is not even necessarily how she reacts in that second. Okay, if it's a first date, that's the test. If I tell you, hey put, hey, put your phone away, like we're hanging out and she's like, it's not that big of a deal. Like, why are you getting upset about it? Well, mm-hmm. that day's probably over. But now if it's in a relationship or a girl you're seeing consistently, so obviously she's proven herself to some extent, I think- The moment you set a boundary, it's probably not gonna be the most, oh, of course, no worries, I got you. There's gonna be maybe a little defensiveness in in the beginning. Mm -hmm. But does that a few hours later, the next day, does the behavior change? Does it, oh, you know, that makes sense, you know, I I can do that. So I think that's the test is not that they don't uh, automatically respect a boundary that you haven't exercised yet. But once the boundary's been set, after they get past maybe the short term defensiveness, does the behavior change mm-hmm. or is it still like, "nah, fuck you? Is at that point? that That's the real test, right?
0: Yeah. Hey, I believe most or oh, every man should set up their re- relationship for future success. And one way you can do that is by setting boundaries, as you stated. But another way is from going through a vetting period, because what do most guys do? They cuff a girl after a month of knowing her, three weeks, sometimes even faster than that either due to pressure or because like they're the most attractive girl they ever been with. And so through that in itself, you're setting up your relationship for failure because you haven't thoroughly vetted out the girl and set boundaries before you actually got into a relationship with her. And so through that, you will start to learn all these red flags
1: that you would have learned from through the vetting period, but now when you're actually in the relationship. But how does a guy stay calm and stay cool in the vetting period, right? Because a lot of guys, like you said, she's hot. She's still down to hang out with me. I'm in, bro. I'm in. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and even if... It, it, we all have friends, right? Or I have my, like, mentorship program. It doesn't matter what you tell a guy sometimes, right? Because, like, they're, like, you can explain it to them logically. Like, they go, yeah, that makes sense, you know? It's it's the second date. I got a guy in our in our program, right? The first date uh, went well. Second date, he's that I'm going to invite her to go on this trip with me and, like, take her to this concert. I'm like, bro, it's second date, man. It's, a, like, a big investment to make. Like, yeah, that that might be kind of shifting the dynamic where you're the one making all the investment here. And she's just, like, the receiving end. Um how do you maintain, how do you stay cool once you meet a girl who you're excited about? Maybe not, well, yeah, hey, yeah, for you, even yeah. for you. The
0: easy answer is to just stay abundant by dating other women and not going into scarcity by only seeing one girl and investing all your time, resources, and energy into one girl mm-hmm. so fast. Kind of let her prove herself to you over time by keeping your options open. I think that's the best way you can kind of operate it without going to a big scarcity sort of mindset. And and. That's that's what I did too. Like, even if I see those positive characteristics early on, you still haven't fully proven yourself. Yeah, let's give us some time and let's see if you can really stick to it. And then over over time, if I want to, that's when I'll sort of limit my options and put you in the main priority position.
1: Yeah, I tell guys a rule of threes a lot of time, and it starts with a lot of with a lot of things. But like the, the two main ones being like three months before you like agree to maybe her being your main girl or being exclusive. Anything before that, it's because she's pressuring you or because you feel lonely and you're trying to lock her down. Mm-hmm. And you don't, want, you don't want to be the one chasing the girl in the relationship. Yeah. And if you're the one who tries to lock – if you're the one who brings up, let's be exclusive. And I know some guys like, no, but you're like creating what you want. I'm sorry. In practice, I truly believe if you're the one who brings up that conversation, the dynamic is, is going to be a bit fucked. Mm-hmm. And then three years before marriage, that's just based on statistics, divorce rates, um, people who date less than a year sky high. Lowers after that, continues lowering. By the time you get to three years plus, it's like statistically very obviously shit still happens, right? Mm-hmm. But it's statistically significant. I think that self control is tough, though. Yeah,
0: it, it is, and you know, like, like I said, it comes from a position of more abundance with women and setting up your relationship for success. As we said, just the vetting period and and
1: doing everything you just said. team. it's hard to do in practice, though. It is. What's your ideal end goal in terms of marriage, spinning plates forever? main girl but options what's yeah. your ideal end game yeah so
0: the answer I've noticed with guys in their early 20s mid-20s it would tend to change every two to three years just due to natural maturity and but what's yours growing, now because you've developed up.
1: yourself you have options you've built mm-hmm. up
0: financial freedom as well exactly I'm leaning inside that because two years ago if you would to ask me this question I would have been like you know eh, don't want kids I just want some hoes Yeah, you know, I want to hire an employment, you know, stuff like that. But nowadays, I'm looking more at it, more so from the fact that I can see myself with a potential family. But whether or not the government will be involved in that through marriage, more than likely, no.
1: So a relationship with one girl to the point where you have kids together. Yeah. not Probably not a contractual marriage. Correct. Other women involved. Um, that's a
0: tricky, that's a tricky one. I haven't really (laughs) figured that one out yet, but I, I think it will come in phases. For example, if I'm, if I'm with a woman and she's pregnant with my future kid, whether it be daughter or son, and like in that early stages of raising a family and you're living together. Probably not, man. It like you could, could fuck up more things than the, the benefit of that dopamine hit. Exactly. Like at that point in time, and plus, given my older age at that point in time too, I'm 27 right now. So if I'm in my mid 30, I'm not gonna. I just have a hope that I'm not gonna want to do that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're like, I hope I can be that. I can have that discipline. Yeah. I mean, I'm just hoping that I'm not gonna want to do that whatsoever at all. And I don't think I would just for the betterment of the family dynamic because. It, Though people, I've met people who do that and this, it always causes some sort of issues, whether it's jealousy or contentment, there's always some issue. I've never seen like a perfect arrangement to where everybody's honest with each other and that's happening and you're raising a family. Like that's rare, man. I haven't seen that personally. Yeah, I see
1: you guys romanticize it a lot and like the idea of it, but I've yet to see it in practice functioning over a long period of time without hurting like the intimacy of the... uh relationship mm-hmm. and when kids are involved I don't know you know I'm, I'm maybe a bit closer to having kids than you but I know that when I'm at that point I'm sure my mindset will change that you know the kids and their development and you know just I think and I'm, well let me let me ask you before I give my, my perspective on this how come you want to have kids like why is that important to you
0: I want to have kids because I believe I just have this innate biological want to replicate myself. And I think that's just natural. Like, I've I built myself up to be this person I just want to instill knowledge into another potential human beast who also just happens to look like me too. I think that's just a cool idea in itself. And it's wholesome. Yeah. You know, and through... You know, learning the red pill and all these minutes for talking points, I kind of navigated away from. I always thought that way, but I kind of navigated away from that a little bit because I was thinking about all the cons of having a, a kid with a, a woman, especially like if you don't freedom. marry her. Yeah, yeah. You know, she oh, child support. She's gonna away from me. Like, I'm thinking alimony. about alimony. Exactly. I'm thinking about all the negative stuff, mm-hmm. right? And of course, that could happen, but I still think the pros of having an a kid outweigh any cost that could potentially happen. And I believe that the way I set my relationship up and just how smart I am with stuff in regards to that aspect of things, that's
1: very rare to happen to me. Well that's, the average marriage, 50% chance of failure. Mm-hmm. If you're a guy who's built yourself up and you go through the vetting process, you avoid red flags, you're crafting that relationship, training her, and you decide to get married, you choose that, you wait three years plus. it's not You're not going to fall into the average statistics. That's true. You can still get divorced. My marriage could still fail. Mm-hmm. Anything could fail. But that's the one thing I, I like to, to point out is like, you're trying to live an average life, bro. You know, the average business fails. Mm-hmm. Average person is probably what? Overweight, has a bunch of health problems. Yeah. Not making any money, broke. So you, I don't want to be compared to like the average statistics. Yeah, that's true. I've, I've never, I,
0: I take account for the average statistics, but- I never relate to them. I think it's, I just I'm just not average. Well, <laughs> like, it's okay.
1: No, it's good to be aware. Yeah, marriage is not just automatically going to work out. It's not going to be this rose-colored glasses. It's it's it's, mm-hmm. it's beautiful. There's no no issues. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. I don't relate to the average statistics.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I'm gonna set myself up for success and a higher percentage to be the exemption or exception to the average statistics. And if I do ri- do so rightly. Then I believe I'll be set up for success for a long period of time, you know. But I'm still aware of the potential cons too. And
1: what are your so? What are your fears in terms of a marriage? Other than it fails and you're paying alimony, or mm-hmm. that, maybe that's not even a same marriage. What are your fears? The uh, settling down with one girl and having a family.
0: <sighs> the fears is mostly just protection of my assets. I think that's the biggest thing. Once you build up certain assets about yourself and and business things, to Realize that that can be taken away from you in whatever percentage, whatever, uh, really is the biggest con to me. And I don't like the idea of how somebody can be rewarded for waking up one random day on a Tuesday, deciding Tuesday. that they don't want to be with you anymore. Like, I just don't like that I- idea, mm-hmm. you know. So, but on the opposite hand, so the. From the woman's perspective, I understand marriage does provide some sort of insurance for me to not do that. because like, I'm, I'm
1: committing to you. I'm going to go through pregnancy probably for you, and, like, and you're just going to leave me high and dry.
0: Yeah, and that's where the woman just has to trust me.
1: No. <laughs> 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 that's where trust comes in, man.
0: I trust myself more so than I trust a woman, honestly, even if I've been with her for a very long period of time.
1: I mean, self-trust, man. Self-trust is kind of self-confidence as well, right? Like, I mm. trust that when things, if the situation gets weird, I can still keep my cool, kind mm-hmm. of be calculated, figure yeah. this shit out. But can I trust
0: you when you're 17? Or can I trust you on year 23? Because, like, the first 10 years, first 15 years, first 20 years of marriage can be absolutely amazing. But year 21, man.
1: Is this the one? Is that one you year 21? You, you never know, man.
0: <laughs> based, based on what I'm seeing, because I... I don't compare myself to the average, but I compare myself sometimes to like these high status people who are mm. in marriage, marriages. For example, Dr. Dre, this person who got divorced, this person, and it never really happens in like year four, year five, year six. It's like married sixteen years, married eighteen years, married yeah. twenty two years, and I'm like, uh, oh, what happens after year twenty, man? Time will tell.
1: Yeah, no, it's true, and I, but I'm also. High status people don't necessarily vet their relationships, right? I think there's a lot of we could probably find a lot of examples of uh oh man, Fresh Fit yesterday Kanye. they they were talking about, yeah, for Kanye, man, mm-hmm. anyone dating the Kardashian, right? But like mm-hmm. yeah, they were talking about someone yesterday on Fresh and Fit uh I don't I, I don't it was some professional athlete who's just like having babies with like OnlyFans stars yeah. and stuff, and it's like
0: He's just stupid. Yeah,
1: you're setting yourself up for that, man. Yeah, that's yeah. not gonna be year twenty one though. It's probably gonna be year zero.
0: Exactly. <laughs> most most people are stupid, especially if you didn't have options in the first place, and now you're in a position of status and wealth, where you have those options and you don't know how to act. That's where people act stupid, and that's with far money far as
1: well, right? People get yeah. rich overnight. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, that's why I'm glad that everything has happened slowly for me in regards to money, in regards to woman. It was a progression over time. I didn't wake up one day and have a million dollars in my bank account. I didn't wake up one day and have like nine out of tens wanting to bang me. You know, it, it was the six to the seven to the eight. <laughs>
1: you know, it happened slowly for me. So No, for me as well with the money, uh, I think that's a blessing, right? Because I developed very like strict financial habits. I have still have a deep fear of going broke. But because of that, yeah, I had a lot of, I bought my first car was like Audi for like 35K. It was a used out right? like 2017, A4, I probably bought it in 2018. 35K. I was like shitting my pants buying that thing, even though I had many, many multiples of that in the bank account. It just, something felt wrong about it, you know?
0: mm mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I,
0: I'm i a big believer in just delaying gratification, too. I had a, a C8 Corvette when it first came out. Nowadays, you see them everywhere, but in 2020, it was rare to see them. I was in Miami, actually. I was... Walking out of the hotel, I saw this white one. It was beautiful. And I love, I already have a Camaro, so I love Chevy. And I always love the Corvette, especially the new ones. Yep. I was like, man, I got to get this. Like this is, it just, I just had to do it. So I searched on the dealership and there was one being sold in my city for a very high premium too, keep in mind a lot over sticker. I, I'm not sure if they still go over sticker, but at the time 2020, a lot over sticker. Yep. And so I bought it the next week, man. And then that process uh, through driving it and, and all that stuff, it was fun. But through that, um, I tend to learn what real happiness is for me. And it doesn't come in the form of material items, let you know. You know, even though that's promoted a lot on Instagram and stuff like that, and I, I find joy in experiences and freedom of travel and stuff like that more so than like sports cars and all that stuff, watches.
1: Cars are nice. I do like cars, but I would agree that I would rather have a year of travel plans than a nice car. Mm -hmm. I'd rather. But if you could do both, why not? No, yeah, well, that's the (laughs) point. When you get to a certain point of uh, finances, Mm -hmm. now you also have. When you talk about having options with women, you also have options with like your life. Right, I get the car, and we'll take the vacation, and I don't know, buy a bunch of new camera gear or something, right? But like. uh, or build way too many houses in my case. like he's <laughs> got cut this damn cycle. But um, something else that brings me a lot of happiness, I've noted, is just pushing my boundaries and my limits. You know, recently starting this podcast. The work that goes into planning that. Traveling, setting up guests. Having these longer form conversations. Trying something new that I'm not sure I'm going to be able to be successful at. And then kind of like a new business. Struggling with that. Grinding with that. Same thing we said. Going to the gym. If you're afraid of talking to girls. Approaching girls. I think to me, even more than traveling or experiences that's what gives me like the most maybe not happiness and like a dopamine like i'm smiling level but like the most satisfaction
0: yeah and getting out of your comfort zone and really pushing yourself to your max human capabilities and what am i really made of what yeah. can i actually accomplish yeah that, that that is fun especially once you actually accomplish it too the journey is always more fun than the
1: goal itself reaching with, it with something recently you've uh, last couple of years something different you've tried different
0: hmm I feel like I'm always learning something, like, but it's still in the same aspects of the medium that I'm trying to get better at, whether it be business, fitness, dating, relationships. So to pinpoint like a super new experience or something completely out of my comfort zone, I'm not sure if I can really tackle and say anything. Oh, I, I guess I started a new business a year ago. That's something new that was out of my comfort zone. That was a risk. Which business? Uh, my Digital Romeo mentorship, teaching guys how to. Oh,
1: that's right. We talked about yeah. that when
0: you were in the, in the phases of starting that up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, creating new social media accounts, uh, pivoting more to my vlog channel from fitness within the past two years. That was something new for me that I took a risk on. You know, so it's all within the same aspects
1: of each other. So I'm always learning, though, and trying to. But it's funny to me because like you struggle to think about it, even though you're pro- you're doing this on repeat. But at some at some point, it almost becomes the norm. that like you get not comfortable, but like I feel like I'm I'm competently handling what I can handle, and that's the point where I'm like. I got to take another bite of something new, right? I, now it's the mm-hmm. time to like, I think it just subconsciously happens at some point.
0: Yeah. I just always feel like I have to be working towards or on something. It's something for me, challenging even. Yeah. For me to be stagnant and just kind of just coasting, I, I've, I'm have i not used to that. That's weird to me.
1: Yeah. What are your thoughts on uh, the red pill space and, what, and, what, and the direction it's headed? Hmm. Red pill space. So as a content creator, I
0: really don't watch a lot of content. Mm-hmm. I try to create more than I consume. So I really haven't been up to date with a lot of the Reddit post stuff besides just a live podcast, of course, and different versions of that. But more so, I feel like it's is not dying out, but it, the whole female nature stuff really isn't as crazy as what it was like in 2020, 2019. I feel like more people are understanding
1: the realities, harsh realities of female nature and stuff like that. To me, it's almost like twenty 12, 13, 14, let's say people start to understand if you just track your macros you can have a, a, a butterfinger and, and still get shredded mm-hmm. right maybe it's not the healthiest thing for like your blood pressure or something but like and that and that all the fitness content all became about like if it fits your macros full day of eating IIFYM mm-hmm. and and that was like the rage but then now it's like Fitness to me it seems like fitness content is kind of that's something else I want to talk about. Was me and you both kind of pivoted away from fitness content? It's kind of died down a little bit because, like, all right, people, I get it. Like, I check my macros, mm-hmm. I, I put progressive overload in the gym, I understand yeah. like science based uh, yeah. bodybuilding. I feel like maybe the same thing's happening with like masculinity and, and red pill and dating advice. Yeah, to some
0: degree. At, at, when it comes to any talking point, you can only say it but so many times. You know, that goes with fitness and also dating stuff too. So, Dating, I'm curious to see where it gets to, especially the red pill space within the next five to 10 years. Like, Are we still going to be shouting, like, (laughs) hose, exercise, you know, stuff like that. (laughs) Exercise options. Yeah, yeah, exercise options and all that stuff. I feel like we'll see a a replication of what happened in the fitness industry, but also in the dating slash manosphere world and where people... What doesn't die, though, is you speaking about your own personal
1: experiences and overall self-development and self-improvement. Yeah, male self-improvement will always be a thing. It's changed from the, the old school pickup days we're talking about, mm-hmm. then maybe you got a little bit like bro bodybuilding, if it fits your macros. Lately, it's been more masculinity, return to masculinity, femininity, mm-hmm. traditional relationship dynamics. Where do you think it goes, Dex? And maybe it, it ties into the the development between OnlyFans and AI, like the... the, the the fabric of culture is shifting very quickly now. Yeah. Where do you think it goes next? This, like, what do you think in two years mm-hmm. we're talking, what's like the, the hot male self-improvement topic? And I, I think it's going to go towards finance.
0: Money never dies, man. Every money channel, finance channel, business talk, anything regarding
1: money always does well. We so, saw that a bit with the, with the crypto stuff the last few years. And it's, it's, that's that back down. It's that mm-hmm. back down. Yeah, it's going to go to, I believe, some
0: money trend because people are going to realize that, yeah, getting girls is cool, but I want money. (laughs) You know, So I I think it's always going to be redirected to some sort of money. And I've seen that with people in the influencing space as well, whether they started out in fitness or they started out in self-improvement. After a few years, look at a lot of them, it always comes back down to self-development, improving your finances, money, business, something regarding always – Uh, It's rare that I see it
1: doesn't happen that way. So, with your content, you started like, you were like the calisthenics guy, right? That was like Mm -hmm. the foundations of your content, right? That's where you built your follower base. That's where you were a little bit differentiated in like the, this age of like bro bodybuilding we're talking about, where most of it was people working out in the gym. I know you can Mm -hmm. do calisthenics in the gym, but like weight training, we'll Mm -hmm. call it, right? And then now you still create some fitness content, but you're a bit more involved in, the masculinity, male Mm -hmm. self-improvement space outside of fitness. Yeah. How come you made that change? I just felt like I had more to share and it was a
0: natural subject that really, uh, not motivated me, but I was interested in. So in 2019, 2020, after I got out of my long-term relationship, which was publicized and everybody knew about her and knew (laughs) that I was in a relationship. But once I got out of that, I was like, okay, I'm single adult male with my new place first time by myself. I've never had any dating options or been out on dates. Dating was a skill. So once again, I wanted to learn that skill of dating and the
1: process of acquiring women and what that's like because I never experienced it before. So it was naturally what you were doing in life. So it made sense to make content about it as well. Exactly. Because that's the key, man. I think. Yeah. That's as any direction I've ever created content in because I was creating content
0: before the fitness stuff too. What was uh, that? Uh, online flash games, Rubik's cubes. I was into. I never saw that content. man. Yeah, it's on true. my old channel. I got deleted. Yeah. Did it, too many Rubik's. You something with the Rubik's cube. <laughs> too, too much uh, copyrighted music.
1: Yeah, yeah. they eventually delete it. Normally, with YouTube, with this copyrighted music, they just tell you like limited ad money because we're going to pay it to like the copyright now
0: they do but but like they in just, 2012
1: oh man like if you have too many strikes they'll just remove it that was before my that was before i was on youtube Ew. i will say i don't know if you've noticed this because you're more maybe recently into the masculinity stuff but i mean maybe we made the shift about the same time mm-hmm. i could use to title thumbnail talk about anything in my videos there would never be and this is maybe 2017 18 19 the damn the damn pandemic changed everything man. I feel like if, mm-hmm. in a bad way for society, or at least in censorship and stuff. But like for a while I could talk about anything the thumbnail could have anything on there and nothing would happen. And now we're in a spot where I got to be careful. I had a few videos last month demonetized ones like age restricted 18 plus and then all of a sudden you notice like in the back end YouTube's kind of killing the moment. Like the channel had a lot of momentum and they kind of like they kind of mm-hmm. kill it off and it's yeah. I don't love
0: seeing that, yeah. Yeah, it, it does suck, man. YouTube is always changing and there's always, like, new rules and stuff you gotta follow, so it just sucks that you gotta kinda comply to it. That's why new competing platforms are coming out like Rumble and other stuff to kinda go I against that. I
1: don't think they'll gain too much traction, though. Yeah, I, I would. I would hope that they would because for me, it's not a big deal. I mean, YouTube, I love YouTube in the sense that I've thrived on YouTube, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's played an important role for both of us. But if, if all of a sudden I could upload on Rumble and still reach as many people or more people, and maybe there's an argument that we should already be uploading on Rumble. I don't know. Just like the same video. Yeah.
0: I have a process that's doing that naturally. So whatever I post on YouTube, it automatically posts to my Rumble account. So maybe you should start doing that. What
1: percentage of views do you see on Rumble versus YouTube? bro? I don't even check Rumble, but I know it's like... None.
0: Crazy low. It's <laughs> where like five to 20 views a video. Man. Oh, really? Okay. Super low. it's so so probably not even worth it. I mean, well,
1: you, if you automate it, I guess. But very- it's
0: backed up. I see it as a backup. So for whatever reason, if my YouTube channel wants to be deleted, oh, at least I have everything backed up on my Rumble ah, account. So instead of having like a Dropbox, at least it's on Rumble. Exactly. Ah. Yeah. Automatically without me doing anything, without me paying for storage. Automatically. That's what I like.
1: So for you, and I don't see you talk too much about politics and culture war stuff. Mm-hmm. But, I'm not big into that, no. Yeah, but th- and I, that's why I'm actually curious, right? Because I, I talk to someone who's really into that. I ask a question like this. I'm going to get like a thesis they've repeated 20 times. What's been the most con- concerning thing about like society you've seen the last couple of years? Mm. I would say the, the
0: gender wars, the politics between like feminism and masculinity and toxic masculinity. I think that's the biggest thing I've seen over the past few years. Because I'm also involved in that space too, clearly with the rise of Andrew Tate, this, that, toxic masculinity, blah, blah, blah. I, I think that's the biggest thing I've seen in regards to that everybody can relate to because even girls I go out on dates with, they'll have strong opinions about so and so public figure or this position of feminism and not necessarily about politics, but more so about, you know, masculinity and feminism and
1: that sort of stuff. Yeah. I think what sucks is it's so engineered, right? And this happens with, with political issues as well. But, like, if, if what a woman's being told from a young age now is like, this is empowering, you know, you should make your own money, you should uh, chase your own career. And that's fine if girls want to do that. I have no issue. I wish them the best. Like, this mm-hmm. is the best success they could have. But they're told that that's right and it's wrong to be a housewife that's my issue. These things don't naturally like, it's not like a natural like progression. It's like, no, it seems like there was some concerted effort by, I don't know, man, corporate media and Hollywood. to like, this is what we're now going to like, this is what we want to be pushed. And it's not just feminism. It's a lot. I don't want to get into like all these like woke ideologies and everything that comes with it, but it it feels like so much of it was just like the puppet master behind the scenes. Yeah.
0: Especially with all the content people are consuming on TikTok. It's not, uh, most people don't even want to see that. It's just fed to them. Like, you're just scrolling your For You page enough times, and most people are on TikTok scrolling for hours a day. They're naturally going to just going to come across those sort of ideals being spoken to them, whether it be like a, a female influencer speaking to women about this, that, or the Gosh, other. Babe, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so they naturally get just indoctrinated, especially with the younger generation of women and kids in general being 11, 10, 12 years old, consuming
1: that at such an early age. You know, I think that's pretty negative overall. Yeah, I guess a lot of that just comes with how much online content has, has evolved, right? Because when we were younger, I mean, I don't know about you, but I had a flip phone. and My first phone in middle school was a flip phone. I had There's a no, Razor. I did have the Razor. That was razor. my first phone. Yeah. I had a nice silver Razor. Oh, everyone Classic, wanted the Razor, yeah. bro. Yeah, yeah, I wanted a sidekick, <laughs> Shout out to the man. Razor. Yeah. Was he sidekick? I, I
0: wanted a sidekick, never got it. I got an iPhone
1: instead. Later. You know what I got was the, the, the BlackBerry Touch was the first touch phone screen before the iPhone oh, came you out. you had the big business phone. Yeah, the BlackBerry Touch, yeah. it, it was a touchscreen, but you touched it and you, you had to push in the screen. And whenever got like, a, there could be one drop of uh, rain on like the back of the phone and the, the whole thing would stop Screwed working. Up, yeah. And then the iPhone came out and just demolished everybody. Facts, yeah. yeah. So I'm,
0: I'm curious to see the innovations in technology, too. They just announced the Apple headset. So I want to see how that affects.
1: Let me ask you this. If there was a button right here and I said you press that button, the technological advancement of everything stops right now. Would you press it?
0: No. Definitely not, no. How would I do that?
1: I don't know, man. I think where AI and stuff's going, is a bit scary. It's a bit scary, but is I believe technology over
0: time does make the world a better place. With AI, you know, through watching the movies and all that, it could take over humanity in a negative way. But I feel that may be able to create more jobs and opportunities to actually use AI and function AI in an effective way. Like AI engineering,
1: basically. That's the optimistic view, I think, right? And that like healthcare and things continue to develop positively, more cures for more diseases, people live longer. Living longer, longer. yeah. So, and I hope that's what happens. The negative dark outlook is um, as more things revolve around like YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and there seems to be more government influence on these things and AI develops and starts removing jobs and now people need just like a, almost like a, a communist like government handout because there's not enough jobs and then everything starts to become the constant. Everything starts to be controlled more by the government and that seems like a dark future mm-hmm. or even with medicine are things actually developing to help people out and I think there are but or you know you see big pharma you see things happening and seem to be like or is this just a pure profit machine that's like taking advantage of people. Yeah. I, I That's just, why I, I think I would press it. I think I would press it. To stop it, man. I wish I could, I wish there was selective buttons and I could stop AI and keep the medical advances going, but if yeah. I if there was one button, yeah. I'd fucking press it, bro. Yeah. I mean, the world so funny enough,
0: I just watched this documentary on human evolution because I'm into weird stuff like that yeah. the other day and basically seeing the migration of people from Africa and over the course of thousands of hundreds of thousands of years. To I was te- watching this. The te- you saw Is that it? on Netflix? No, it's um, on YouTube, and it's like a map. There's no speaking or nothing. It's just a map, and you just see where people migrated to, and the, it gets a list of technological advancements within this time period, and it happens really fast. It's like a time lapse. Okay, I need to watch and that. The video is like 50 minutes long, and it goes to ancient day to modern day. 50 or 15? 50, so okay. r- really long. Yeah, yeah. And so through that, I've realized, man, we're at a fast point in technology for sure, but overall, technology has made... Just humans better, more
1: capable? But is there a limit to that is the question. Because obviously, like, I think the, they say some of the first technology was maybe like, I don't know. They could even say, I guess, maybe like a rock to like kill an animal to eat, right? Or like an arrowhead. Mm-hmm. And now technology is like chat GPT-4.
0: Yeah, imagine we have a keyboard. We can type what we want to eat, press enter, and it comes out.
1: Is it real food though? Or is it like some weird weird <laughs> pill that like simulates, like, Oh, this is gonna it this stimulates <laughs> real
0: food and has the same nutrients. Like I find stuff like that cool. Personally, I'm a big technology guy. I used to post technology videos because I saw myself being the next MKBHD. Eventually, I quit that. <laughs> but I, I think that's where my bias sort of per, uh, perspective
1: comes from. Yeah. Is because
0: I've always been into technology and the advancement of technology and how that affects
1: humans in a positive way. So, yeah. Oh, well, look. I, I hope it develops well, and, and all for the positive things. Maybe I'm a bit cynical. I don't know. Yeah. I know for sure. I'm cynical when like short forms content started coming out, bro. I was like, nope, mm-hmm. not doing it, not mm-hmm. doing it, man. I, I make I make creative, you know, cinematic YouTube videos. Not doing it. But then it's like now YouTube does YouTube Shorts. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, all these channels doing YouTube Shorts are blowing up. And like Instagram's like killed the reach and likes and engagement of photos. Shit, man. Damn. Everyone's on TikTok. So it got to a point where I was like.
0: You always have to adapt. Especially I was the old like man creator. yelling
1: at the, like, the window or whatever, like, all right, I'm going to do short form content and I'm going to make it dope. And I'm just going to have to adapt. Exactly. Either adapt or die. That's
0: natural selection. That's the way it's always been, man. Yeah. yeah and I was like that with the technological
1: age and the ever moving pace of social media and content. Do you see, how long do you see yourself making content for? You're 27, which I didn't realize you were that much younger than me, bro. I'm 33. So like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I, I am grateful for getting a head
0: start in my life in regards to creating content and starting my businesses early and stuff like that. What age were you at? I started when I was 18.
1: Okay. And what age did you start like doing fitness seriously? 19. And what age did you start dating seriously? Is that was that after that one relationship ended, right? Uh, 24. Okay, and you were but you were building in the business. What time did you? At what point did you start like monetizing or selling your own products or courses? When I was uh, twenty twenty one, damn bro, mm-hmm. I started my YouTube channel when I was twenty seven. That's crazy to think about. <laughs> yeah, right? that gives me more hope, man. <laughs> yeah. Like, like man, I don't, I don't know if I want to know you in six years. Slowly, <laughs> so I've hit a button to stop Austin Dunham. <laughs>
0: right, so I am grateful, like really grateful, from the fact that I did start so early and so young but also at the same time because of that I do think about the future a lot more because since I've been in this industry for almost a decade what's the dense decade look like and that's hard to say you know in regards to creating content I can't see myself not creating content unless I'm literally forced to not to either through health reasons or just literally no like two views like li- literally nobody's watching myself. If I get
1: three views, then I'll stop. Hey man, three views, I, I'll make those three people happy. Two Even views. if
0: I get a few, few hundred thousand, I'll still keep doing it. Because I naturally just enjoy creating. A views? Yeah. No, a few thousand, like two thousand, thousand, three thousand. I'll still keep creating, man. Because I started creating because I actually like doing it. I didn't expect to see any sort of return,
1: profit. Clout? None of it, man. It just happened just naturally. By accident, almost. But that's what I see with most people who I meet. At least most people who've been in the game for a long time. Mm-hmm. I, Me and uh, my buddy Max talk about this a lot, right? Like People who get, and this is the problem now, right? Was we got into it in a, well, if you were, you got into it even before me chronologically, but we both got into it about the same time. You're just six years younger than me, right? Mm-hmm. At that point in time, it wasn't this glamorous, I'm going to get rich thing. I thought, bro, if I can, what I always told myself is if I can like, Grind up enough followers and grind out enough products that I can be making like 100K a year working for myself. Man, that's gonna be the best shit. It. That's gonna be the coolest shit ever, yeah. man. This will be the best. And now it's developed to a point, which is, I mean, beneficial for us, right? Because it's um this is where people's attention is more than cable news or even Netflix, you could argue. Um, it can be very, very profitable. But I think the problem is a lot of people getting into the game now, they go in. I'm gonna get rich off of for this. For profit I'm get first, off yeah. Of this. yeah, 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 and mm-hmm. it's uh, it's tough because you're someone who I know is also in love with making content, like I am. You've been mm-hmm. doing it for a long time, and uh, I agree. I don't know what that will look like in ten years, but it'll yeah. be something. Yeah,
0: even if I think about this too, like I I have the fear of going broke also, and like <laughs> just losing all cash flow. Yeah, and I have the confidence in myself through my skill acquisition of managing my own businesses and creating content that. I'll
1: always find a way. Well, you like, did no it doubt. once. Well, you did it more than once. Really, if you have multiple businesses, you've done it more than once. Yeah. Granted, once you have the social platform, it is like an advantage, right? Because it's mm. the initial audience for the product. Yeah. But, um,
0: And learning how to gather attention on social media is a skill in itself that I've yeah. replicated across two, now two channels.
1: And if we were really broke, you would have to, I would have to, after like being mad and hating myself for a while, like, I'd have to reframe it as like, Okay, how do I turn this into like the best thing that ever happened to me? You know, how do I come back even? How do I rebuild this shit even stronger?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I have also never had any sort of corporate nine to five job or anything like that. My last job was at Home Depot when I was 19 years old between my freshman and sophomore year in college. And what did you do at Home Depot? I was the guy who pressed the, car, the carts up and helped the contractors load their cement that they bought yeah. in their trucks. Okay. I worked from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. Monday through Friday, part-time. And that was just a little summer job, and that's the last job I had. After that, I started um, getting, like, u- little YouTube checks, and then that's when I started my business. And then ever since, I never looked
1: back. It was like a snowball effect,
0: little by little. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... But that wasn't my original path, though. Like, Not to go too too deep into my story. Originally, I started off as an ROTC cadet in college. My original path was to join the Air Force as a lieutenant. And I dropped my fourth year, my senior year in college to go do YouTube and business full-time. How many months did you have left? Was it first semester? Uh, First semester. So I had all of first semester and second semester Mm -hmm. left. But at that point in time, I already knew my job once I contracted it. Once I graduated, what I was going to be, I've sworn in. The Air Force was started paying me. I was a contracted cadet with a assigned job already. So how come you how come you quit? Because I was making more than a lieutenant through YouTube already. Through YouTube
1: and business, yeah. Huh. Yeah. And so I, I faced a lot of resistance from like family and friends. Definitely not. My mom was like, Please. she she didn't want you to go. Yeah, military. she didn't want me doing yeah, the first right, place. Okay, okay.
0: Um, and nobody else really cared. It's is more about through my audience because I was sharing. My decision, I was like, ROTC or this? Sharing it with at, through vlogs and all that stuff. And people were like, you know, uh, do what's best for you. And
1: it wasn't no resentment, really. Everybody supported the idea. It's you dope. Know? It's dope. No, it's dope. You, your mom supported it. It's dope. I, that's also something, uh, when I quit my software engineering job, I faced more resistance, honestly, from my friends and my family. My parents were super supportive. And it's huge. It's huge. Mm-hmm. It's huge. So, yeah, it all worked out, man. But regardless, like
0: I said, I would. I have enough skill acquisition now to where I w- I'll find a way to do something.
1: Yeah, and I'd be okay. I'd be okay going back to living broke, man. There's some there's some like simplicity, not that I want to be broke, but there's some like simplicity in like <laughs> I'll you, be okay you, with being broke. <laughs> <laughs> Said no one ever. I'm so I'm so afraid of it. And that's one reason for the multiple income streams, I think in multiple businesses like really protects as like an insurance policy against that. Like mm-hmm. I'd rather have 5 businesses that make 500k a year each in profit than having one business that makes what would be t- 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 5 million in profit? Like right? mm-hmm. even though I'd be making, maybe I, mean, I don't know, at that point you would making twice as much, maybe not, but like, you know what I'm saying? The, the yeah. principle is I'd rather make a little bit less for more streams because there's a, a degree of uh, st-
0: stability and security that comes with that. Yeah. One goes away, so you got four more, you can replenish that
1: one, you know, you can work and shake and maneuver. I think it's also easier for my, my experience to build a business to let's say 500K a year in profit than perhaps scaling one to 5 million in profit. Yeah. It's, it's, that's pretty tough. Yeah. 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 I personally, I haven't reached that point yet. I, haven't unbelief, so. five, I have not believe so. I've not reached five million in profit from one business. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. So yeah. I'm still working on it, man. So from my experience, that's tougher. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about a couple of videos you did. So one, you DM'd, you got permission from your followers and you DM'd their girls. Was it their girlfriends always? Or was it just like girls they were seeing? I would
0: l- let them tell I would tell them to let me know whether or not it was a friends of benefits or a girlfriend. For the majority part, it was girlfriends, especially for the videos. Yeah.
1: Okay. And the idea was you were seeing if you could not just get a response. Was it actually setting up a date or just getting their contact info with like the 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 preposition that we're going to set up a date? Yeah.
0: That one contact info with the idea of like that we're, we're going to meet. Sometime. Yeah.
1: Okay. And what, what, what for? Let's say. For the ten girls, on average, you messaged. What percentage entertained the conversation versus shutting it down? Mm-hmm. What percentage actually made it to like, yeah, let's go on a date? Here's my number. Gotcha.
0: So in regards to let's say out this of this was on Instagram, yeah, Instagram DMs out of ten, I would say that um about fifty percent I would say entertained the idea, like opened the message and like spoke and. Talk, maybe two out, two out of those five would leave me on red after a few messages, and three would give me their contact info, and the other five didn't reply or never open it, or maybe just opened it, left it on the scene, and didn't reply. So the actual percentage
1: is a bit, is 50,
0: 50%, a bit 50% divorce rate, 50% <laughs> girls yeah. opening the message. Yeah. In regards to total, I would say it's about 20 to 30% of girls who fell, but majority are actually. Loyal, but I'm not sure they're actually loyal, or is
1: because well, like 50% seem loyal completely, seem loyal, and yeah. then maybe 20 or 30% seem effectively loyal, but maybe open to uh, open to the hypergamy, open to the options. Yeah, well, and maybe five to 10% will actually meet up with me
0: because you know girls still entertain and give you content info, but when it comes to actually meeting up, they go ghost or you know how girls are. Yeah, so. So, yeah, maybe like five to 10%. But, yeah, that's. Is that different than what you expected it was going to be? Damn, what did I expect? I didn't know what to expect, really. I had no clue. Yeah, I, I it was more like a test for myself too. <laughs> Funny enough, like guys tell me, send it to me, but at the same time I get the text I get to test a little bit on my text game, I get to practice a little bit, you know, kinda see where my Was it only girls in close proximity or not? No, it was girls across the world. Like girls in France. How oh, I got family in France, so I'll be there next week.
1: Oh, okay. So you yeah. made it seem like uh logistically possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I had the game plan. Man. How's
1: your French family doing? Huh? How's your French family doing? Oh yeah, they're doing well, man. I'm
0: seeing them. Uh, this summer. So I'll be there soon. Right. Yeah,
1: come through and swing through Spain after that. Exactly. Spanish yeah. family too. Right. Show me a little bit of Paris. <laughs> okay, I'll show you the Eiffel Tower. Gives me number. Did you stop replying to these girls once you got their number? Did you let them know it was an experiment and they're fucked? Like, what, what happened? I
0: never let them know it was an experiment. Um, I'll screenshot the messages then block them. And then I'll send it to the guy. Then they'll be like... Did they, yeah, how did the guys respond? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, guys are always... It's usually... Man, what should I do? Should I leave her? Oh, <laughs> what do you think, bro? I'm like, bro, like you clearly <laughs> want to stay with her, bro. Just, just go ahead. And I'm not sure if they bring it up because I usually don't hear from them again. But every now and then I got the... Did man, any
1: guy confirm he broke up with this girl because of it?
0: Yes, in the moment. Like, I showed him the message and then he, in the moment, oh, F that girl. She's done after today. You don't know Lola, if he followed but, through. But I that. don't know if he actually did it. And yeah. How
1: many total, because I don't know what the volume was on this, mm-hmm. how many total numbers did you get?
0: At this point, I don't know the volume. You've run either, this man. experiment a couple times, right? Yeah, and I, I do it on the side too. I, like, guys pay me for it on the side through uh, um, a website, you know? To so, test their girl's loyalty? Yeah. What's the every website? month. Uh,
1: Is it literally just set up just for that?
0: Yeah, send the link in my bio on one of those videos. You just set up for that, it's just a checkout page, bro. Um, and they'll DM me. I and do. You've
1: never even got a confirmation from any of them they've broken up with their girl. No. Bro. Oh bro. Mm-mm. Oh man. That's not uh, good.
0: I had one girl actually, the logistics set up literally almost perfectly. She was in my city traveling for some event. Yeah. Gave me her a number. We FaceTimed. She What was the
1: point of the FaceTime?
0: Um, because she wanted to see if I I was real or something. Or I went I forgot. It was some setup. But what like was that. the
1: point of you doing the FaceTime?
0: Uh to see how far she would go. Okay. Like just really testing, like yeah. testing it. Yeah. Set up the FaceTime. Actually plan like so I was telling the dude, like, how far do you want me to go? Like, try to do it. I was like, okay. So the whole
1: time you were asking the guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. We actually had plans to literally meet. And then but, the guy was like, all right, now call it off. Or? Nah, she ended up um, flaking last minute.
1: So you were going to go on the date, and the guy was cool with it. I, I I probably was going to, I'm not sure what I was going to do, but. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> hey, I mean, I, if the guy, I, if the guy is fucked up, if the guy didn't give you permission, but if yeah. I gave you permission, it's. it's, I, it's I, I think I was
0: going to flake last minute also, but she ended up doing it for me. Yeah, we'll like see. the day of the day, she's just. Seems stop like you replying. wanted to see how really how far you could push. Hey her. man, she was cute. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
1: So another video you did, you were talking about like the downsides of being good looking. Mm-hmm. Go into that a little bit. Yeah, man, Um, women
0: just want to have babies with you really fast. Is that the main downside? (laughs) (laughs) It's not the main one, but it's definitely one I came across after dating quite a bit. Like girls are pretty reckless when it comes to protection and management, especially if you're good looking and you got your shit together. Mm. They, you know, it's like
1: a recipe of husband material. Yeah. I think that's like maybe at the heart of the red pillar female nature, right? There's very few guys out there who are good looking. Mm Mm-hmm. But let's put it bluntly: Good looking, rich, and not completely shitty people.
0: Yeah. Very hard combination.
1: There's very few guys like that. Yeah.
0: So I want to with that. Just other perspectives of other people through males and females. People just think you're more arrogant. As I stated before, I get the whole, you're not, you're, you're different than what I expected conversation every single time. Um, just negative connotations of you before you just, you even speak with the person is what I've noticed mostly. But it's just definitely more positives than negatives than cons. But I did when I make a video, given my perceptions of things people really don't think about, think about when it comes to making yourself more attractive. Because everybody thinks it's just all positive all the time. For the most
1: part. Positive.
0: For the most part, positive. But there's
1: a couple things to be aware of. Because that yeah. video did really well for you, yeah? Mm-hmm. I, yeah. Much- I guess
0: a lot of guys related to it somehow, some way. I'm always surprised to see that. Or it's more, it's everybody. maybe it's
1: more like a pattern interrupt, maybe. It's like, wait, what?
0: Yeah. Like, why is handsome
1: bad? Yeah, yeah, Maybe yeah. that's it, yeah. Yeah. It's like, wait, what? That's more better way to do it. It might have been the opposite. It might have been guys, because I feel like guys also, and you maybe see this in your digital Romeo course, guys underrate themselves a lot. And it might be guys more who are like, Maybe there's validation here that I'm not attractive, and maybe this can make me feel better about being not attractive. I find the opposite, man. That guys overrate themselves. Actually, really, yeah. I think a lot of guys. Well, I see it in my coaching program. A lot of guys think they're super unattractive. We kind of uh, get on them to, hey, bro, you got to change that haircut, man. Hey, bro, you got to, though. You can't be wearing those pants outside, man. You know, let's 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 rework the style. Let's rework the grooming a little bit, and then let's get you an actual photographer to take some decent photos of you, and then they will go from looking like. Something every girl is going to be swiping left on to like, oh man, I'm getting, you know, steady days now. Yeah. From a four to a 6.5. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, it depends how rough a guy starts, right? Mm-hmm. You could maybe have a guy go from, okay, short term, maybe, yeah. Maybe short term plus two. But like if you also work on fitness and money, then you can. Yeah. All that stuff are can, multipliers for about sure. Any dude could get to probably like a seven or an eight. Yeah. Inc- incorporating. Money and confidence into mm-hmm. the rating system, not just like okay. photo.
0: Given that they don't have any genetic disabilities or formalities in that regard. Yes, yes. Regarding black pill content, I feel the true black pillar exists. Yeah. The guy who's five foot four, a little super recessed chin.
1: Yeah, crazy like eyes a bit cross-eyed yeah you know stuff like that so as that's long tough. as you have a baseline yeah. to improve from the good news even if you're that you can still get fucking rich man Even you know even if you're in that spot you can still yeah. get rich but dating's gonna be tough hookers yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey man
0: hey man we don't make we don't make
1: the rules man yeah
0: it is what it is but most men aren't like that though that's the thing most men are actually no that's a baseline average that's yeah. a small small percentage yeah. Yeah, most most pillars are the guys who say that they're ugly are actually just average-looking
1: dudes. Average-looking dudes who've not taken any personal responsibility for their appearance or mm-hmm. any part of their life. Usually, right? Yeah. They're kind of like, and that's the that's the bad part of the red pill. It's the only bad part is that you have the black pill guys who use it as a, a cop out and a reason to not even try. Exactly. And it's like, man, you have some potential here, right? Just,
0: yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Change your location or something. Like there are variables you can. I think that's Do. the big one. That's yeah. that's one of the biggest things I say is just m- change your environment. Move somewhere you don't know anyone. Turn your life upside down, man. Mm-hmm. Things are gonna change. Yeah, that might be to me too. That's make sometimes that's what makes you feel like all right. I gotta be the fucking man now. I gotta be. I gotta actually like I I set the bar here and I, I, I gotta get here. Otherwise, I'm moving back to my hometown, feeling like yeah. a complete loser. And some people that will happen to. I mean,
0: but yeah. just like. It's rare that I've seen a guy who actually tried to, like, actually put in a, a big effort to improve their dating life and attraction with women and not get it.
1: Like, yeah, no, 100%. It's different because there's some guys who are looking for the evidence why it's not going to work for them. Mm-hmm. And that's like, well, I went out and had a professional ph- photographer take a few photos of me and I'm not going to match this. So I'm done. It's done for me. And I'm like, yeah, but you didn't take any of our advice in terms of like your style or your grooming. So like, it's not really a valid. Or mm-hmm. this guy took headshots of you that look like they're wedding photos or something, bro. Yeah. Like this, you didn't, you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> yeah, sometimes you gotta be realistic too, because those same guys
0: are aiming for the eights and a halfs, nines. You gotta, the like the you hot said, lawn. you gotta climb the ladder like you did, bro. Like I did too. You gotta climb the ladder. Yeah, you gotta climb the ladder and sometimes, like, to some degree, date within, like, your range. You know, if you're, if you objectively, if you're a six and a half, Maybe don't go for the nine blonde with blue eyes and big boobs, you know?
1: And then, yeah. And then take that as the evidence that no girl likes you. Exactly. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. so be more realistic for yourself. Yeah. Cool. Well, I think uh, that's all I got. Obviously, I'm going to throw the links below to your YouTube, your Instagram. Anything else you want to uh, make people aware of?
0: Ah, man, just Austin Dunham. Austin Dunham Vlogs. Search the name. You'll find it, man. Everywhere. TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. Appreciate it, man. About to hit a workout now. Yep. Let's go. Full body. You're a full body guy, right? I'm definitely not, but we can do it. You're not? No. I like to split up my muscle groups.
1: Oh, man. The problem is I did a full body workout yesterday, so I don't know today. I think I got to Did you work out yesterday? Yeah, I did lower, so I can do upper. (laughs) Upper and maybe like RDLs or something. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's fine. All right. (laughs) cool.